The Bible is estimated to be 25 to 35 percent prophecy. Its very specific prophecies have thus far been 100 percent accurate. There is much Bible prophecy that is yet unfulfilled. For example, beginning in chapter 6 of the revelation of Jesus Christ, everything is future to ourselves. We are called futurists for that reason. We believe that these yet-to-be-fulfilled prophecies are going to be fulfilled in a literal, physical, global, apocalyptic context. They're not metaphorical, they're not analogous, they're not symbolic, they're actual prophecies that are going to be fulfilled, just like the, the ones that have already. That is why it makes sense that the world would be moving in the direction that the prophecies predict. Biometrics, artificial intelligence, cashless commerce, the manipulation of human DNA, global totalitarian government, the exponential growth of human knowledge, the rebirth of national Israel. They're all potential end times phenomena that the Bible predicts. And all of them are increasing in the news. I like to give two disclaimers. I think it's important that we are careful to use recognized, reliable sources for news. Doesn't mean they're always right, but we want to avoid anything that's in the realm of sensationalism because we want people to hear God's word uh, and not, you know, scare them away with stuff that is so fantastic that it's not true. And we're never saying the things we report here are the fulfillment of prophecy. We're just saying that they seem to sound like things that have been talked about for thousands of years and they're coming together. So 2,000 years ago, the Bible predicted that there would be a global totalitarian government. The global economy would be cashless, accessed by a personal identifier involving the hand or forehead. At the midpoint of the seven-year Great Tribulation, the leader we commonly know as the Antichrist is going to demand that everyone acknowledge that he is God, and those who refuse will be unable to participate in the system of commerce and government. They will, in fact, be hunted down and killed. It's similar if you uh, study Roman history to when the, the Caesars decided that they were God or godlike, and you had to pinch an incense to them and say, Caesar is God, uh, in order to participate in society. And of course, it was grave trouble for Christians because they couldn't do that. But it seems to me that a lot of predictions are converging, a lot of the things that we talk about. So let's talk about one thing. The G20, or the Group of 20, is an intergovernmental forum comprised of sovereign uh, countries, the European Union, and the African Union. It works to address major issues related to the global economy, such as international financial and mostly today climate change. A recent article was titled, G20 announces plan to impose digital currencies and identification worldwide. The article said, the leaders of the group of 20 nations have agreed to a plan to eventually impose digital currency and digital IDs on their respective populations amid concerns that the government might use them to monitor their people's spending and crush dissent. The G20, which is made up of the world's leading rich and developing nations and is currently under India's presidency, adopted a final declaration on the subject over the weekend in New Delhi. The group announced last week that they had agreed to build the necessary infrastructure to implement digital currencies and IDs. The European Union is currently trying to introduce a block-wide digital identity app that would cons uh, consolidate various personal information, including passports, driver's licenses, and medical history. And so they'll have ads that say something like totalitarian government. There's an app for that. 
And uh, you can download that and tell the government all about yourself, and then they can decide everything about you. Uh, so that's really what they're talking about. They're going, you caught that, they're going to impose this on everybody. How would they do that? You wake up in the morning and you can't access your money because every, the government has decided it's all digital. You have all digital currency, there's no such thing as cash. And the stuff that's under your mattress, that's going to run out pretty quick in a, in a world like that. So anyway, uh, in the first sentence, the reporter said, it's a plan to eventually impose this on everyone. And that's what the Bible predicts, a forced global government. Now, the British are imposing some climate change mandates upon its citizens. Have you been to London lately? Anybody been to London lately? Just, uh, okay. Uh, okay, if you do, you're still a Christian as far as I can tell. But Recently, uh, you would see signs for ULEZ, U-L-E-Z. It stands for Ultra Low Emission Zone. The authorities publish a list of vehicles that meet the emission safety standards required to drive in London. If your car does not make the list and you drive in London, you must pay a little over $15 per day uh, in fines. Uh, to monitor the new zone, they put up 2,750 cameras around London. And uh, they take pictures of all the cars and they determine if you're driving a Mercedes-Benz or just some bent piece of junk and, and uh, then they bill you uh, and they fine you. And so that's what's happening to keep uh, you know, automotive emissions down in uh, London. President Biden said that he plans to request additional funding from Congress for the development of a new COVID-19 vaccine, adding that he may require everyone to take it whether they previously received a vaccine or not. There's a thing called the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, the IPCC. They have determined that we have fewer than 10 years to reduce global emissions by half to avoid catastrophic climate change. To tackle this urgent need, they say we must align food policy with climate policy, drastically reducing the amount of meat and dairy that is produced. This is especially true for countries with high consumption like the United States, cutting 90% of beef consumption and replacing 50% of other animal-based foods with plant-based foods in the United States would save more than 2 billion tons of greenhouse gas emissions from being released into the atmosphere by 2030. I'm trying so hard to not be sarcastic up here. I really do because I reckon I really do. I recognize there are people. You can be a Christian and be sensitive to the climate. I mean, you know, people can have this debate. I'm not here to ignore or to to take sides on climate change. What I am here to do is say climate change is an issue that is going to usher us into a global understanding. Most of the people in the world take climate change very seriously. And when they hear something like this, you have to reduce your meat consumption by 90%, they go home and kill their beef uh, and have one last great feast and, uh, you know, and, and start eating grass, I guess. But, uh, and so this is it. And I was thinking about this over the weekend. Climate change, whatever the science is, you know, we, we want to argue with each other about the science, this happened, that happened, that. The people who believe climate change to them, it has become a worldview. Our worldview is climate change. We have a worldview, right? It's Christianity from the Bible. Their worldview is climate change and saving the planet and reducing emissions and all of that. And so you have to argue with them on, on that kind of a plane if you're 
against that. But uh, it appears that we are headed in this direction of a one world global government uh, that gives, where nations give up their sovereignty to a ruling group uh, that is going to try and set things right in terms of the differences between the rich and the poor. And as I said, if polls are correct, most of the people in the world uh, favor this. What I know is this, in his incarnation, Jesus proclaimed that the kingdom promised to Israel was at hand. It had come because the king was on the earth. The Jews rejected Jesus as their king and Messiah. God's promise of the literal physical kingdom ruled by uh, Jesus in Jerusalem, that was put on hold. That, that was, you know, put on, uh, you know, stop for right now. And uh, the Lord is going to come back and do that. But in the meantime, we're in the church age when he is doing something different. Uh, he's going to come for us, take us out of here, come back with us after a seven-year tribulation, and then he will set up his kingdom on the earth. And so we're living in that church age between the day of Pentecost and when Jesus comes prior to the great tribulation uh, to take us home. The tribulation is not going to begin until something fantastic happens. The Lord said, as I mentioned, he would return for us, raising the dead in Christ and then catching up living believers, rapturing us. He then will uh, pour out that trial on the earth. It says, to us, though, I will keep you from the hour of trial, which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. earth." It's always imminent, the coming of the Lord to rapture and resurrect the church. So the question is, are you ready for the rapture? If not, get ready and stay ready. Keep looking up because ready or not, Jesus is coming.